is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm well aware of the time and I'm well aware of the many pages of notes I had. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to split this preach in half and uh, we're going to cover some of it now and uh, some of it in, in a couple of weeks or so time, the other side of Easter. So for those of you who are preaching the other side of Easter, this, that's a little heads up that the rotor is going to change slightly, <laughs> but I'll let you know what it will be. But uh, I don't want to rush it all through. I, I do believe God's been speaking to me about some things he wants us to look at together. Uh, I'm trusting that I'll hopefully do a reasonable job of that. And I, I think probably the best way to do that is over a couple of weeks. So we, we come to Nehemiah 6, uh, end of Nehemiah 6, in the beginning of chapter 7. So we'll start reading from Nehemiah 6, verse 14. Remember Tobiah and Sambalat, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Noadiah and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. So the war was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realised that this work had been done with the help of our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them. For many in Judah were under oath to him, since he was son-in-law to Shechaniah, son of Ara, and his son Jehonan had married the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds and then telling him what I said. And Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. Chapter 7 After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hananiah, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. Now, I'd like some comments on that part of chapter six. But what I'm going to say about those few verses actually applies to the vast majority of, of Nehemiah six. It's a chapter about opposition. Nehemiah encountered opposition to, to what he was doing. And I guess the sad reality is that whenever you undertake an initiative for the Lord, you're going to experience some opposition from different places, from different quarters. It will come in various forms from different people. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's subtle. But either way, we need to be aware that opposition comes. And for Nehemiah, opposition often came through these characters that we read of, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And right from the outset, you may remember back in chapter two, we know that these guys are not happy about the building of the wall. 
They're not happy about somebody looking out for the welfare of the Israelites. And now we find them trying to harm Nehemiah, sending messages, trying to distract him, trying to put him off course. I wonder if any of you can relate to that. Anybody been there, ever ever experienced that sort of thing? (laughs) Now, for us, opposition can come in in all sorts of ways. But we can learn from Nehemiah in terms of how he dealt with it and what he did. Nehemiah knew what he was called to. He knew that God had put in his heart to rebuild the wall. And he was focused on that and he was determined that he was going to see it through. And he wouldn't allow anything else or anyone else, particularly those who were being negative and spreading lies about him, to distract him. He kept the task that God had put in his heart. He didn't even waste time going to meet them. He sends them a message. He says, nothing what you are like, nothing like what you are saying is happening. You're just making it up out of your head. Nehemiah 6, verse 8. You know, I love that, love that phrase. You're just making it up. It's out of your head. You know, sometimes we do need to engage with people who have different views to our own. I mean, let's be honest, for, for those of us who are Christians watching this today, you know, we would recognize that before we came to the Lord, we had a different worldview. We, we saw things differently. So sometimes it is right to engage with people and talk and discuss and, and help people on the journey. But when opposition comes from people who are clearly out to attack us, to frighten, to cause intimidation, disruption and disunity, Nehemiah's approach was to ignore them and to carry on. And friends, we would do well to to do the same sometimes. Actually, just to stay true to what God has put in our heart and not allow ourselves to be distracted by others who are trying to intimidate and bring, bring disruption and disunity. Now, we sang early, didn't we, about God never failing us. We've sung that this morning. And Nehemiah could have sung along too, couldn't he? You know, he could have sung along about God being faithful to him, God not failing him, but uh, helping him with the task that he'd put in his heart to do. You know, I find it interesting that Nehemiah doesn't pray against his enemies, but rather he prays that God would strengthen his hand. And he carries on. It's not so much keep calm and carry on, but rather keep focused and carry on. And Nehemiah is, and he does. But but let's not be under any illusion here that dealing with such opposition is draining and discouraging. It's not easy, is it? If you've ever faced opposition for for something that you've been doing, maybe something that God has put in your heart and and there are others who are speaking against it or trying to bring it down, it is draining. It's exhausting. It's hard work. And that's when we need to come alongside one another and encourage one another. Let's encourage one another in what God has called us to. You know, I need that and you need that as well. 
you know, I've said before, I think encouragement is perhaps one of the most underrated gifts there is, but it's also one of the most powerful. We find it referred to in Hebrews 11 in 1 Thessalonians 5 as well. The Thessalonians verse says this, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So I wonder, are we going out of our way to encourage one another? Let's ensure that we're encouraging one another as much as we are, we are able to in, in these days. So the next part of the passage here is beginning of Nehemiah 7. And what we'll do, I think, is we'll start that today and uh, look at a couple of things. Uh, and then the rest of it will come back to in a couple of weeks time. So beginning of chapter 7 it says, After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hananiah along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. So, the wall is now being completed just in 52 days. It's a remarkable achievement, isn't it? That's some going. That's some pretty hard work uh, by the people there. But even though the wall is now complete, Nehemiah's job is far from over. His next job is to appoint the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites. And he also appoints his brother Hananiah and the military commander Hananiah as leaders in the city. And he tells them to appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their own posts and some near their, their own houses. So we've got here gatekeepers, musicians, and Levites, or perhaps you might say teachers. And this reflected both the physical and the spiritual needs of the people. So we're going to look in, in a future week at the importance of teaching God's law when we find Ezra re, uh, reading it in chapter 8. And so I'm not going to look at that today. We're also going to look at the appointing of musicians and singers. So we'll, that's a subject we'll come back to at a later date as well. But rather, just now and the next time we look at this passage in a couple of weeks' time after Easter, what I want to look at are the gatekeepers and the guards. The gatekeepers and the guards. So we're going to come to the guards, or another word is watchman, next time. But just as we begin to, to finish for today, let me make some comments about these gatekeepers. And then after Easter, we'll look in a lot more detail about Watchmen, because I believe God's got some things for us to learn about that. So let me just make some comments about gatekeepers. In biblical times, then, gatekeepers were, as the name indicates, literally keepers of the gate. Those who are responsible for the opening and shutting of the gate. So they would open and shut a city gate. They'd decide who was coming in, who was uh, going out, when and how, and so on and so forth. 
In, in more rural locations, in farming communities, the shepherd would have acted as the gatekeeper for the sheep literally lying down in the gates in order to protect his sheep. He really was a gatekeeper and keeping the sheep safe. But before you think, well, that was fine for city gatekeepers in Nehemiah's time and a few random shepherds, maybe. How does that apply to us? Well, today, I believe that many of us have a role as gatekeepers. If you have young children, for example, you act as a gatekeeper to their heart. What goes into them? What do they watch on TV or online? As Tim Challis puts it, we stand between them and the world as a gatekeeper. And it's a crucial role not to be neglected and certainly not to be delegated to the TV channels or the social media platforms. It's a responsibility that God has given us as parents. In, in the church, elders act as gatekeepers, both in terms of keeping watch over the people gathered, but also in terms of doctrine and teaching, deciding what comes in in terms of teaching to the church. This gatekeeping actually is an important role. And it's a role that actually God has got for us even today. It might not be literally winding open the city gate or herding the sheep into the pen and lying down in front of them to stop them getting out. But there are ways in which God has called us to be gatekeepers. Like I said, if you've got young children, certainly to them, and it may be other roles that you can think of that God has put you in where you're acting as like a gatekeeper. So maybe your family or your community or others that you, you live amongst. I want to encourage us to be, be praying and asking God, where is it and what is it that he's got us uh, in terms of this role as a gatekeeper? How is it for us? Where are, where are our responsibilities, if you like? For the gatekeepers that Nehemiah appointed in, in chapter seven here, it's really clear, isn't it? There's the gate. Go keep it. <laughs> Go look after it. Open it and shut it in, in the right way. For us in this spiritual sense, I believe for all of us, we need to be praying and asking God, where is it that he's placing us as gatekeepers? And one of the people that he wants us to be keeping safe and secure in his presence as a result of it. Amen. Well, when we come back to this passage in uh, two or three weeks' time after Easter now, we're going to look at what it, what it means to be watchmen. And it, that's really picking up on the phrase guarding, because Nehemiah also, as well as appointing these, uh, these gatekeepers, he instructed residents of Jerusalem to be appointed as guards. And that's what I want to look at next time we look at this passage. Okay. So why don't I pray, and uh, then I'll hand back to, uh, to Nick and Beck. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for these passages in Nehemiah. So much to learn, so much we could take from them. But just these few verses we've looked at today, we, we pray, our God, that you would keep us from being distracted from what you've called us to. Help us to encourage one another when we're facing opposition. 
And Lord, for each of us, I pray you'd speak to us about where you've placed us to be a gatekeeper. What are the situations or the people that you've placed us around and with in a gatekeeping tight role? I pray even right now, Lord, as we conclude our time together, just in these moments, as we I'm just going to wait for a moment and ask that God would speak to each of us. So God, in these few moments of quiet, I pray that you would speak now to us about where it is you're placing us and have placed us as the gatekeeper and how we're to function in that way. Let's speak now, Holy Spirit. I've given the example of if you're a parent of young children, then you're acting as a gatekeeper to their heart. And that's that's one example. Um, but I, I just felt God speak to me as, as we were just before him then, that for some of you, that in a work situation, I believe you're acting as a gatekeeper to your team to protect them from discouragement, to protect them from... Uh, negative voices that would cause them to be depressed about what they're doing or, or put off course about their particular task. And so I do feel for some of you in a work situation that God has put you there to act as like a gatekeeper to some of those around you, maybe those that you lead, that you're responsible for, or perhaps the team that you, you're, you're part of. And by you being there, you're protecting them. You're acting as a gatekeeper to protect them from some of the things that they don't need to know. They don't need to hear. They don't need to be put off course by. And so for some of you, uh, I do believe this applies in a work situation as much as a, a family situation as we've talked about. So God, I pray you'd speak to us, help us to, uh, to act for you in every situation, be it at home, at work, uh, with friends and family, with neighbours. Uh, Lord, be with us, please, in these coming days uh, and this week as we seek to live for you and serve you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk.